My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway, and this is Like Dragon Like Sun, the father-son podcast that talks about the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. That's right. Ever since 1974. Uh, Yeah, well, that was the year I was born. And Uh, the year D&D was born? Yeah, we we were born together. Is that true? We were switched at birth. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank goodness. I I should have been D&D, and it should have been me, but... How does that even work? Uh, but here we are today, we're talking uh, about, uh, today we're going to talk about druids. That's right. Love them or hate them, they're a staple of D&D. Were they a thing in first edition? Uh, no, well, yeah, I... Second mm, edition, were they one of those core classes or one of those, like, prestige They were other sort of, classes? like, on the edge, like, like, bards were. Right. Um, that, yeah, I think sort of by second edition, then they, like, when the real supplement books started to hit... That you were then like, okay, druids are a thing now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were sort of always a little bit more fringy. Uh, yeah, I don't think ever I saw one played by anybody. If uh, you're not familiar the at all, they're like nature casters with some shape shifting potential. Well, I don't know if you knew this, but rules is written. It says in uh, the player handbook that uh, there or the or, druids all belong to a common druidic society because mm. all druids are nominally members what? of this druidic society though some individuals are so isolated they have never seen any high-ranking members of the society or participated in druidic g- gatherings I, Dru- I don't know about that druids recognize each other as brothers and sisters like creatures of the wilderness however no nope. druids sometimes compete with or even prey on each other what there's no secrets that, well, I mean, if you want it in your game, sure. Hence, yes, but, there is. Hence know. why there's a language called Druidic that only Druids know. I think that's just more like general, like. Although it's not a spoken language. Hillbilly, you know, like how like. um Hillbillies. Oh, for our hillbilly, hillbilly. listeners, no, I would no, like to apologize. That's not, right that's not the right term. It's like, um, like people who travel like a long ways down like the side of railway cars they'd like put arrows and oh, stuff like that so the old hobo markings of the the people used to travel the i don't trains. know if that's the right term but something like that yeah yeah there used to be like sort of yeah like symbols to sort of say what was safe and what wasn't safe and mm. things like that yeah well i sort of always sort of thought that thieves can't kind of had that going as well but yeah druids sort of i guess they go around and carve their names into trees and things well i feel like that's kind of against their whole idea if if you want a quick breakdown, essentially they worship nature gods or some old faith or have some connection with the land itself um, to draw their magical forces from. Some say it's the elements, uh, animals, you know, wild nature, and that's what they draw their power from and what they serve as well. Um, they can turn into animals. And that's kind of the thing that we're going to focus on a little bit, I think, with this episode mm-hmm. is the whole wild shape sort of feature that comes with druids for some people for some time the the turning into an animal thing it's kind of like a big detractor you know well, it's either a detractor or the the main attraction yeah. like it's it it sometimes boils the the druid class down to a very samey thing even though there's of these different circles that there's 
circle of dreams, circle of spores, circle of stars, circle of the land, circle of the moon, circle of the shepherd, circle of wire fire. I mean, we're looking at seven different circles there. And Only one of them is often picked. <laughs> yeah, and and often and it's, it's because somebody's moon. like, I want to be, I want to be able to transform into animals, and. And don't get me wrong, actually, the ability to transform to animals and stuff, we'll get into this, it, it can be quite a powerful tool for the, the party. Mm. Um, but it, it also makes, I think, sells the, the, the class short a little bit. I think if if you're looking at that as the main thing that you're doing... It's like seeing only, like looking at a warlock and seeing only Eldritch Blast yeah. sometimes. Yeah, uh, you know, or, or seeing that you only have two spell slots. Mm. Um, it's because that's basically what wild shape is. It's, it's two it's, spell slots. It's like two animals, two slots to polymorph uh, to you know a fairly limited level. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, let's. I guess let's start with like breaking down what wild shape is, and then we'll talk a bit about the new ways in which wild shape is transforming Dungeons and Dragons with the new sort of classes and the new you things there. you can. Yeah, yeah. Transforming. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, the new, you know, new ways that you can use Wild Shape to do those, those slots are becoming more like a bit like Channel Divinity type slots or whatever, where you can use them for different things depending on what circle you're in. And I think that suddenly starts making opportunities for more interesting druids who aren't just about uh, changing into animals. Yeah. At second level, if you're not a moon druid, this is what Wild Shape looks at, like, like for you. You can use your action. So this is at second level, by the way. You don't get it at first level, but at second level, you get it. So your first level, if you want to transform, you're out of luck. You got to role play it somehow else. Or like you're like teeming with potential until you get to level two, where you can now use your action to assume the shape of a beast that you've seen before. That's in the rules. Um, so you can't go full dinosaur out the gate, unfortunately. Unless you grew up in some part of Eberron in which there were dinosaurs. Or some magical land from before time where there yeah. were dinosaurs. You can use this feature twice and you regain expended uses when you finish a short or long rest. Which is nice. It's not like a long rest recharge, which a lot of things are. This is a short rest recharge, so you get it back with your warlocks who are also expending spell slots. Um, and yeah. they regain them on short rests. Two, two shifts per short rest is, is pretty awesome. Say that too quickly, and you might say something you don't want to quite yep. say. Uh, That's your, how much you need to go poop as a druid. <laughs> your druid levels determine the beasts you transform into, as shown on the beast shapes table, uh, which essentially means you're never going to go unless you're a moon druid. All right, so above CR one. Right. So let's just talk about the first off. Like, let's say I want to make something that is a really good turn into animal. The way to go with this is, is Circle moon. of the Moon. We'll go into more things that Moon can do, but right now you start off max CR 1 fourth. You can turn into stuff like a wolf, but you can't have a flying or swimming speed. Then by fourth level, it goes to one half, and you can now have a swimming speed if you want. And then by level eight, you are have no limitations other than it has to be a beast that you've seen with a CR no greater than one. So everything and we'll get into some of those things that you can turn into in a moment but uh you can stay in this shape for a number of hours equal to your half your druid level rounded down so at second level you can only go for one hour but by 20th level you should be able to stay for 10 hours um and you can wild shape it will anyway so it doesn't matter yeah so um, just back up so the so say if we're, we're playing fourth level uh circle of moon hmm. what's the maximum cr one half one half for oh, sorry, circle of moon. Circle of moon is oh, just well, two. Do you want to go s- skip or over to circle of moon? Yeah. 
Okay, well, Circle of Moon lets us wild shape as a bonus action, and oh, which is quite nice as well because you can mm. cast a spell and then shift. Yeah, or do something in combat then shift, which is quite good. Uh, and additionally, while you're in wild shape, many people don't know this, you can use a bonus action to expend your spell slots and regain hit points. Yeah, one d eight per level of the spell slot expended, which is quite you know not bad. Yeah. Um, also, well, so, and the reason oh. for this is that that a lot of people don't recognize that druids are especially the circle of moon druid is a fantastic tank uh for your team yeah uh this is a frontline uh damage soaker because all the damage that's being done to your wild form isn't being done to your druid mm. it burns through all that wild shape uh creatures hit points first uh you have it yeah the, you have the creatures ac and the creatures hit points uh the creatures attacks um, so yeah, you can soak the hit points that you can burn spell slots to regain hit points and just keep that soak value sort of up in the front, um, mm. while you're, you know, a couple more things to keep and wizards in mind. blast things from the back. Your game statistics are replaced by the statistics of the beast, but you retain your alignment, personality and intelligence, wisdom and charisma scores, making this kind of better than polymorph in some ways, although yeah. you will not get as high CR. Uh, you will be able to keep your, well, just, your thinking. I mean, your good poly, thinking polymorph, skills. if you really want to be somebody who transforms into amazing shapes, you want to be a wizard with polymorph. The mm. limits on that are like what much higher than what druids can pull off. Um, the biggest sort of creature that a druid, uh, Circle of Moon druid, can pull off is about a mammoth, I think. It's CR6. CR6. Uh, the way that works with uh, Moon, instead of following the thing I just listed, they start off at second level with CR1 creatures, still all the other restrictions, no swimming and flying until uh, level later. four and then eight, you know. Yeah. Um, but it scales to one third your druid level. So at level three, CR one, and then level six, CR two, level nine, CR three, level 12, you know, that idea until I believe by 18th level, you have CR six creatures. You'll never go higher than that, unfortunately. Hey, quick tip. If you're a lower level druid and you want to like infiltrate, uh, but you like can't fly over a wall, turn into like a rat or something and have the wizards familiar fly you over. <laughs> drop you off because yeah. like nobody thinks hey that's weird there's a eagle up there carrying a rat mm. like well hey that eagle got lucky today didn't he mm. yeah exactly now let him be you know he just got his meal yeah you'd be like oh there's an eagle with some prey and it's holding on to it's gotta no be careful deal. that uh your wizard's familiar doesn't go rogue well if it did then it would just, you would transform back into a full druid yeah. and then the thing would come crashing down and yeah, yeah. um so yeah there's there's that you keep um, your skills and saving throw proficiencies in addition to the creatures ones but you don't have thumbs so sometimes well, depends what creature you turn into I if am. you turn into an ape you may still have thumbs that's and that's always an interesting way to go it, it Wait, apes are apes kind of funny because ape is just sort of like apes a very generalized thing chimpanzees are apes orangutans are apes gibbons are apes yeah um and uh and all of these things uh, have got crazy good ability to manipulate objects gorillas so, have thumbs yeah so you, if you want you to still be keep a your, your sword and shield you and because you can choose which equipment you keep right 
your sword and shield. Which druid is carrying no, a sword and shield? No, you have a wooden shield and a scimitar. That's how it works. That's the proficiency you get as a yeah, druid that you can that's, have. Uh, it's interesting you mention that because most people when they choose their druids don't go with the, the wooden shield and scimitar route. It's usually like a staff that they like cast shillelagh and whack things with. It's true. It's true. Or which their is claws also folks, their new beast form. Maybe, maybe again, uh, if you've been following like Dragon Like Sun and our typical character build advice, uh, we generally say, hey... Don't do it the same way everybody else does it. Don't go with the staff and shillelagh. Instead, hey, maybe maybe the scimitar route is a more unusual. Like, show up with a druid that doesn't look like, you know, he just crawled out of the forest. But instead, it looks more like a... Desert druid. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You can do any type of environment. Under sub- subterranean druids, mountain druids, well, in fact, Arctic Cir- druids. Circle of Land is all about that. Yeah, like Circle exactly. Land actually has specific areas like mm. that. Although they don't um, really get anything cool to do with but a their desert, where, a desert with nomad their look. Desert nomad look is kind of cool. Yeah, I don't uh, see anyone doing desert nomad looks with their druids. I think it's a cool idea, it's a, and it's a good look. It's very in this season. Mm. What? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it's very. Come on, don't you think there's like there's fashion seasons for D and D? Okay, for D and D, maybe yeah. I would say as a general people of the deserts. No, no, but I think I think traditional D&D, wear is in I think, style. I, maybe it's just me. I'm working on some desert say campaign that. setting stuff, but I think desert's really hot right now. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And dry. It's <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, the creature has the same proficiency. You can use essentially their bonus if it's higher than yours. Like if you use choose a spider with good stealth, and your stealth is still good, but not as good as theirs. You can use the new spider one. Uh, but if it has any legendary or layer actions, you can't use them. Oh, and hey, folks, if you're using a digital tool set like D&D Beyond, and like, why wouldn't you? Um, there's a section called Extras. Mm, good place to uh, manage wild shape stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's sort of in the same box that you'll find the actions and features and traits and in that spells. Big thing in the and over right. in the end, the Extras bits lets you add in all your different wild shapes so you can have them all in one place mm. and then just click on them and see the stat blocks and roll them from there, especially if you're playing on a virtual tabletop or uh, in Discord or whatever. So, um, yeah, check out the extra space. That's a, a really good place to manage all of your wild shapes. So so I mentioned, like, I think my, the biggest one is Mammoth, but I don't think it's my favorite one. Do you have like any like favorite wild shapes you want to recommend to the I do listeners love, out there? I do do love a giant ape. I think that's one of my but favorites. But you can't get to giant ape. It's CR7. No. Or is it regular ape? If it's not giant ape, then I like yeah, regular Yeah, I don't think ape. you get a giant ape. Giant ape's like King Kong, and it would be so good. Like why it, you know, that, why that thing caps out? Like, isn't there a way to do a, like a slightly reduced giant ape? Like, isn't there a way to do a CR6 <laughs> giant ape? It just yeah. feels like there should be. And this is, I guess, something else I want to talk to DMs out there right now. Hey, folks, help out your druid. Give them a few more things that they can transform into. Uh, at CR6, there's very, there isn't that many things that they can do. Nerf, uh, nerf well, the giant ape few. face. Four. All right. What, which other ones do you think would be good at CR6? There are nine pages. Of CR6? Of CR zero through six. Yeah, but it's, I'm just saying at the higher end of it, there isn't that many. It actually gets kind of boring a little bit. Well, well, there's still a lot of fun stuff to experiment with that I'm sure people don't really try. Have you played a walrus? Have you been a, <laughs> a velociraptor? Have you been a diseased rat? Have you been a stent, a stench cow? Have you been a riding horse? Have you been a panther? Have you been an ox? Have you been a crocodile? 
Um, I've seen some of these in the games. Uh, some that I recommend that you check out. Giant Spider. Uh, yeah, it's okay. But because the web the web function on it is quite handy. Um, if the rest of your team knows that that's coming, um, you can take advantage of that. I think the giant octopus is wonderful. Uh, it can only breathe on land for an hour, so you, you've got that. But um, but it, it, when it attacks, if it hits, it restrains. Yeah. And that's super cool. Tentacles come out and wrap around somebody, and then uh, your party's rogues uh, get advantage on attacks. On but that. I, I bet you never played a giant octopus. I don't. Is octopus a thing, really? Mm-hmm. From out of the abyss. <laughs> but it's a beast, not a fiend. It's an underdark thing. It's a large beast. Yeah, yeah, it shoots ink clouds and tentacles. I also think the giant elk is magnificent. Uh, we I had that on the table last week when I was playing with some friends, and it is a huge creature. Uh, and if the the mini we have, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Um, if you get a chance to play in a real table again soon, uh, something like that is a hugely exciting uh, thing to drop. Um, mm. Giant elks are are enormous. Yeah, I just want to jump on their back and ride them around. It's so gorgeous. Have you ever played a giant coral snake? I don't play a lot of druids, so the answer to this is like, do I have I seen these in the game more than anything? But you can be the walrus, and then your friend can be the Eggman. What? Right? Yeah. Goo 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 Yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna say carpenter for a minute, and we could like go and find some elk, <laughs> oysters, or clams, or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but you can be a giant walrus. Who doesn't want to be a giant walrus? Anyways, is it giant or just regular sized walrus? Uh, giant walrus. It's huge. Cool. CR4. It's, uh... Anyways, back to what you can do. Uh, you take on its hit points and hit dice. And like we said, if you take damage as it, you don't take damage as you. Um, you just use the damage from its stat block. And if it gets to zero, then it starts going over into your form, right? Uh, you can't cast spells. And your ability to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the capability of your beast form. Meaning. That if you have an ape with opposable thumbs, you can still use all your gear. In theory, yeah. Artificer druid combination, turn into an ape, and then activate all your magic items. So that's that's handy stuff if you want to try and fight. Um, another strong recommendation is that your druid has some sort of recognizable uh, piece of jewelry, them. even. Oh, okay. Like, say, an earring or a necklace or both an earring and a necklace. I was going to say they have like some sort of mark on their forehead. So that like when that they transform, the animal creature could still have that little earring or that little necklace mm -hmm. on it. Um, so that way the party, when they see this, you know, dire wolf coming out of the woods, doesn't freak out and attack it. Mm. They'll see the earrings and go, oh, that's ours. Now, the trickiest part as a druid, though, is when you're in wild form, you can't talk to the party. Yeah. Unless the creature would be able to talk. Like a parrot, you could like go that way. You know, something like so, that. So if, we if... work out in the games I play where the it we ask the the wolf like yes or no questions and it like taps like uh, taps like once for no and twice for yes. And so we'll say like, you know, were there enemies in the clearing? And it taps twice. And I'm like, is there more than five? And it'll tap once. I'm like, 
more than three you know it's sort of you narrow it down like you just have to ask questions and it's kind of it's a bit of a slow like game of like 20 questions with the the mm. wolf to sort of figure out you know um what it is and what's going on or sometimes like the wolf like it tries to find like some soft like sand or dirt to try and like with its paw scratch out letters for us um and spell out some things like the word trolls um but these things take time mm. and the party stands around and it's you know a lot of guessing like was it tommy trapped in the well what is it um yeah it's funny so yeah we we go through a fair bit of that that sort of stuff um you could do other things you could set up like uh if you had like a some downtime or something you could maybe have a a board made up with like a bunch of letters on it or could you carve like a ouija Ruidic board is like your little thing like and a, teach the party druidic a little ouija board type thing where they could tap the different letters or things or, they spell well, stuff if out. You, your warlock who has speak with animals at will goes cast speak with animals on themselves and then talks to the druid yeah you could do that um i have a furbolg who can has you know speech of beast and leaf but that's only Can't one understand way them. yeah but. so it's absolutely useless um but yeah, yeah. and but druids, he does the same yeah. he basically does uses the same technique Ooh, with other animals <gasps> the yes and no questions oh. and things to try oh. and get information from them where they can like oh. signal to him yeah. yes or no because uh, it's otherwise you can't have a conversation really but you can you can sort of ask around things enough to maybe get some general information out of them you retain the benefit of any features from your class race or other source and you can use them if the nor uh, new form is physically capable of doing so so yeah. could you use you know fearwolf feature could you still bonus action turn invisible and run yeah, around a hidden step for a turn sure why not yeah i mean hidden steps such a limited ability anyways as a dm i wouldn't limit it i mean it's you get a whole six seconds of invisibility good for you have fun huh. i mean you still me wrong, rage? that six seconds can be quite clever can, be can quite you still useful. rage in your new form who you're what like a, a druid barbarian yeah, absolutely. combo you wild shape into into your into your, the shape of a rat exactly. and then you go rage and then you rage, rage or rat. into a, an ape and then angry monkey charging after you <laughs> they're or apes ape. and not monkeys yeah that's true but still monkeys but you could word. transform into monkey though yeah there's baboons and stuff like that you could you be transform. you could be a, a rage monkey travis are you familiar with that story Travis the monkey, oh, you got to look it up sometime. Or the Gombe chimpanzee war, another good example of apes being terrifying. Wasn't that chimpanzees? Those are apes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm saying you could be a chimpanzee. Yeah, you could be a chimpanzee or a gorilla or any ape. Yeah. It's up to you. Orangutan. You could be the one with the little funny nose or the big weird cheekbones. Those are the orangutans, right? Right, yeah, The yeah. funny, like, yeah. disc-looking cheeks. Yeah, the, the males have got big faces. Faces, it's hilarious. Um, but you do not use any of your special senses unless your new form has them. Uh, you choose whether your equipment falls to the ground, merges into your new form, or is worn by it. Uh, worn equipment functions as normal, but the DM decides whether it is practical for the new form to wear the piece of equipment based on its the uh, shape the, or size. The drop to the ground thing doesn't seem like a like a valuable option. Mm. Like So that's what happened to wear creatures. Wear creatures, it's a real drawback. Um, for wear creatures, when they transform they their clothes and everything Ripped stay behind hard. yeah they typically those who know they're gonna be transforming usually have little safe places where they store their clothes and they'll often have other places hidden around the area that they are shape changing in if they need to find another place to change back and put clothes on um 
so yeah, for were creatures, it's a real bummer. But for druids, it's kind of, you know, if you can take everything with you, if it all merges inside you, away you go, right? Mm, that's right. Also, an interesting way to smuggle tons of stuff in. It's very true. If you've got like a big backpack full of gold, hmm. and suddenly, shwoop, I'm you a get mouse. Any extra uses of your wild shape? I don't think you do. You only have two at all times, right? Until you get like to twentieth level or something. Yeah, and then at eighteenth level, you can perform somatic and verbal components while in beast shape, but you're not able to ride material. But remember, components, so it's for short rest, so it's 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 a lot. It's true. Already. Twice for short rest is not bad. And then at twentieth level, of course, you get it at will, as many of times as you want. And additionally, you would ignore this verbal and somatic components of your druid spells as well as any mature components that lack a cost and are consumed by a spell yeah and as you get to the highest levels you also get yeah. to shift into elemental form well no that's only with circle of moon yeah um which is pretty op well really. let's take a quick look at the circle of moon and what it gives you we've talked about some of the stuff it gives but also going higher up your beast attacks overcome magical or non-magical resistances which is nice so your monkeys have magic palms um to strike people with uh, or throw rocks with uh your circle circle forms increase starting at sixth level you can you know the whole drill there tenth level you can expend two uses at the same time to transform into an elemental air elemental earth elemental fire elemental water elemental and then by 14th level you can cast alter self at will not the greatest capstone ability but that's kind of cool um i'm not sure why you wouldn't just turn into something other thing at will because you can pretty soon but um, or one of your many uses of wild shape, but hey, it's you need to be amphibious on the fly. There you go. You know, you need to look like someone else at will. Go for it. So, again, little compassionate plea to DMs out there. Um, what do you think of the idea? Since we do have an example here of druids being something other than beasts, what if we had druids choose from other things other than the beasts list? <sighs> How broken does it get I've had if they could be monstrosities as well? I don't know, though. I don't think there are many good monstrosities as people think. Okay. They get pretty weird like, pretty quick. Like an owl bear. Okay. What CR is an owl bear? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. I should. I'm totally team owl bear. I think they should be like, you should have like a variant like owl bear for any occasion. Um, there should be no limits on how, how big or small your owl bears are. Um, I think it's a cool idea, you know, like some subclass of druid that can wild shape into monstrosities, like a circle of nightmares type idea, or, you know, some circle that can turn it, into yeah. elemental straight what out about, the gate, or plants, or plants, or undead. Well, I suppose that's kind of circle of spores, or fiends, you know, circle of the. So Elber CR three straight out of the box. Mm. Um, there's also some reduced threat Albert CR two potentially. Uh, snowy Albers are also CR three. So, I mean, within the realm of, of potential for druidic transformations, mm. it doesn't seem like that'd be that crazy. But you're right. Not every monstrosity is so close to being a In, beast, right? I think they should be able to turn into giants. I just don't think that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, like, okay, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, suddenly I'm like, I'm a hill stone giant. giant. Well, I mean, stone giant. I mean, I suppose their CRs jump up pretty high. Like, you, yeah. you have to be on a... At best, you'd be CR6 on Giants. We did an episode recently of Giants, and I think we discovered they got kind of high CR pretty quick. So, I mean, I think you'd be looking at 
uh, I think you'd be most you'd be kind of looking at like a hill giant or something like that. Um, mm, that's not really worth it, you know. Celestials, maybe I could see. There's not many good celestials out there. It's it's a bit of a tricky tricky balance. But something to consider. I don't think it's a terrible idea. What but it's not, not, not currently think as it, written. A, a druid turn into a news. Um, I don't maybe sure. I don't know. It's a little weird. It's not many great oozes either to like turn into and use. You I'm know, they're green all kind slime. of similar. You know. Well, no, that's a hazard, right? It's a hazard. It's not I, even it a creature. It used to be a news. Uh, I'm black. Black pudding. Mm. Eh. <laughs> uh. Moving on to some other subclasses, maybe. All right, so we look, can take a look at so, some of the things you can turn so into. So here's in the, the thing. Want, so yeah, but. so as we were saying, there's there's a new force transforming the druid class in D and D to doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, That's right. I think, like first of all, there's some like optional class features that have very recently shown up in uh, Tasha's Cal yeah. Cauldron of Everything. That's just one. It's called um, Wild Companion, Wild where companion. if you don't want to turn into something, you can instead get yourself an animal friend. But that's straight up across the board for every druid now, right? So you like, essentially, I can burn one of my wild shapes to cast Fine Familiar without material components. That's amazing. Mm. And it's like suddenly, if you really wanted to have a, a character that was much more based around a familiar companion, one that you sent to its death again and again and well, again. It still you follows can, all the rules of the familiar thing where it can't attack, it can't do any of the stuff that it you can might help. want it to do. It can be a helper, though. It could, it could. Helper is advantage on your attacks. That's like super helpful. But it can only be a bat, rat, uh, bat cat, rat, um, crab, frog, hawk, lizard, octopus, owl, poisonous snake. Oh, the poisonous snake, don't overlook it. Quipper, um, raven, seahorse, spider, or weasel. Loads of good options in there. Weasels are indestructible, uh, <laughs> as every critical role fan knows. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, just, uh, this is like, you can keep bringing this familiar back every short, after every short rest you've had. Or possibly if you've got two slots in between short rests. Yeah. You could totally grind through this familiar. Um it's Not that true. I suggest you do that, because it does sound like a mean thing to be doing to your imaginary uh, made Question, up though. Could you, if you're a circle bad. of moon, summon it as a bonus action? Yeah, why not? If, like, someone came up to you and said, I want to make a circle of moon, but instead of me turning, I want to be able to use all these features to turn it. I, I think it, circle of moon says you can use your wild shape as a bonus action. That means you can use your wild shape to cast Find Familiar as a bonus action, I which is a crazy fast way to get Find Familiar know. on the table. I don't know if rules are written. That's how it However, works. However, isn't it your bonus action that you also use to control your familiar? So yeah. you probably want to use your full action to cast it anyways, and then use your bonus action to move it around. So Maybe. Um, but those are the classic two things that are afforded to all druids now if you have optional features turned on. Which is kind of sweet. But say you don't want to I do either of those things. I think that that's just one example. And I think there's ways in there for mm. DMs and players to talk about what else can we do. Um, yeah. Rules is written. There's a few circles now that do have stuff hard-coded into it. But I don't think you should be limited by these. I think you you know should try to keep looking for more ways to do more or things. Or mix and match them a little bit. Hey, If you have knows? the option. Why not? As a circle of spores druid, why not summon a animal friend then activate your spores and then turn into a beast you know the next day you know or like, even be a sort of druid that's like reluctant to actually ever turn into anything and you just keep using your wild shape uh slots for other things or 
this symbiotic entity. You want to look at some of the other options? Yeah, so, so Circle of Spores, symbiotic uh, you, entity. Before we get to that, though, a quick look at Halo of Spores, just so you know what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, you have essentially invisible necrotic spores that are harmless all around you um, until you activate them to hurt people nearby. The fact that they're necrotic always kind of like... I guess it makes sense. They're like they're fungus sort they're of like things. yeah, eating fungus, killing you know, breaking things Anyways, down. So they're invisible. So if you don't look dirty as you're walking around, but you really are, you're filthier. You're, you're well, everyone by is, everyone has a biosphere. We we do. Yeah, you have one right now. You have an aura of bacteria. I showered this morning. Doesn't matter. It's always around you and it's oh impacted by the people I'm going you're around. Back. I'm a shower right now. You have no idea. Everyone listening, I'm do the rest you of this have podcast one. From and the you shower. can't do anything about it. That's There's so gross. Millions of bacteria crawling on your face, oh. and you can't even stop it. All right. So I'm I'm essentially a walking circle of spores druid. That's right. And when a creature you can see moves into a space within ten feet of you or starts its turn there, uh, you can use your reaction to deal one d4 necrotic damage. Unless it succeeds on the con save against your spell save DC, this damage increases. It's not great, admittedly. D4 isn't a whole lot, and it is a burning your reaction. Like, a lot. You know, you're not going to be able to react I a whole guess, lot. I guess, but, but we have learned at lower levels, um, th if you can get something like this up, the creatures that are around you, if they're just, like, just by being near you are taking damage, they won't want to be near you. Mm. right the theory is that if they're taking damage from being in your space they're going to want to back up and then so that's within 10 feet right so they're going to be back a little bit of a little ways back from you which so anything that wants to do melee damage to you anything that wants to get in and fight you is going to have to deal with with these spores yeah and then you want to jack that up to the next level you can expend a wild shape feature to activate your symbiotic entity um, rather than transforming into a beast form, you gain four temporary hit points for each level you have in this class. So at this point, it'll be eight temporary hit points. At higher levels, it'll be uh, 80 temporary hit points. So at higher levels, it makes you a little bit tankier in a certain way, um, especially because since you have this at will, it's a free 80 hit points as an action every turn if you want them. Um, well, that's if you're at level 20. At level it. 20. The, uh, sort of a lower level. Four, four temporary hit points for each level. So it, you got... But the thing is, eight even at this level, eight, 16, eight's a, like, eight's it's a, a big hits, hit from you know, something. Yeah. At second level, a lot of stuff that's hitting you is not going to do more than that in a turn. Mm. So uh, so that's okay. But you don't really want to be hit because while these are active, when you deal well, your Halo of yeah. Spores damage, uh, you roll add a damage a second time. So it'll be you know 2d4, 2d6, 2d8, that yeah. idea. So and that's your melee weapon attacks so you're tanky, You've got this whole extra set of temporary hit points. And anything that's near you trying to do the damage is taking loads of... of Not loads, a little bit. Grinding. Like 2d4 is, you know, like we're talking seven, about... seven, five. Yeah, five, five or six points of damage from you. But again, look, we're, we're at second level. These numbers are significant at second level. Yeah. Not, it's true. But at it, it, sixth level, it doesn't get better as you scale. You know, fourth, fifth level, you're still only going to be dealing 2d4. It's not until sixth level that you get that 2d6, which is like a great sword hit. But they still get to make a save, and if they succeed, they take no damage at all, you know, and that's burning your reaction. Um, and good thing to keep in mind, though, if you do want to go that scimitar and shield route, uh, this gives you uh, extra D6 necrotic damage yeah. for all your melee So weapons. your symbiotic entity, I don't know exactly how you want to imagine this working, but... You, um, you're, you channel magic into your spores, you know, they're... they're well, I know? sort of think, yeah, like somehow maybe you hit something with your, your sword and all these little spores infect the wound. 
sure yeah or you coat these like gross. spores you know, around your weapon which but even the way that it's written symbiotic entity and, and forgive me if i'm just way too much of a comic book uh person you're thinking venom i'm thinking like symbiotic entity like it it's not just these spores floating around you but you like get this like this black super strong like appearance like that coats your body and makes you stronger i don't know um i play it however you want to play it folks uh but yeah your melee weapons basically take an extra d6 so that scimitar is a 2d6 now yeah and reaction 2d6s as well uh maybe not as good as some of the beasts your moon friend is transforming into but it's it's not bad so yeah well i mean yeah 2d4 plus 2d6 uh you're dropping somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 points of damage to anything that's nearby you uh, and the spore thing around you actually that does damage to everything around you mm. as well so it's not just one creature that could be taking that 2d4 it could be up to eight things i suppose yeah. um that or more because it's a 10 foot area it could be a bunch of things that you're grinding away at uh sure. it, it reminds me a lot of spirit guardians of the spirit guardians are way 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 more dangerous and don't require burning your reaction every time you no know? um big spell slot for those though mm. um where this is just this is just yeah this is just your reaction so we get to higher level stuff quickly i mean i know this isn't all you know related to wild shape i do love the fungal infestation where people you kill you can turn into zombies and i think i like the idea of pairing this with like a hex blade and like so you can like make a specter and a zombie out of one corpse it's like you animate a zombie and then pull the spear out of that so you get two monsters you're controlling at once from one kill which i think is sort of hilarious that is a creepy creepy way to go or you can like steal someone's body and soul and like it's almost better than what you can do with like like a necromancer it's pretty cool um the it remains animate for one hour after which it collapses and dies it's a plant though instead of a uh undead right or is it still undead i think it's still undead actually maybe um whatever uh you can command it uh it goes immediately after you and the only action it can take is the attack action making a single one so not amazing but it's okay uh and you can only use it a couple a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier which is a couple of times hopefully maybe three or four times um and you regain all uses at a long rest not related to your wild shape but a fun thing uh, i quite like the feature uh 10th level you get spreading spores uh so it was a bonus action while your wild shape is active or symbiotic version of the wild shape so not any regular old wild shape you can hurl the spores further away where they swirl in a 10-foot cube for one minute uh and they or they disappear early if you use it again uh, you can dismiss them as a bonus action or if your symbiotic entity feature is no longer active uh, if a creature moves into the cube or starts its turn there it takes its the halo of spores damage not even reaction um but it can't take this damage more than once per turn um but while this cube of spores persists you can't use the halo of, halo of spores reaction so instead of like wall centered on you you can control reaction burning to like do it you can throw it somewhere else and it does it on its own every turn or like every time um but a creature can't take it more than once uh, so a fun thing right there and then 14th level your ultimate capstone feature I, I just like it uh you can't be blinded deafened frightened or poisoned so immunity of those four conditions which is kind of nice and any critical hit against you counts as a normal hit unless you're incapacitated so you are at a man time basically all right um getting back to wild 
Uh, Circle of Stars. Wild Shapes. Or what you can do with Wild Shapes. Yeah. Circle of Stars has got one of, I think, my favorite. And I think uh, sort of my favorite for combining if you're in a multi-class as well. This is like, it's kind of a fun thing to do for two, uh, two levels of Druid. Starry Form. Uh, mm. Bonus action. You basically get to create, um, use your Wild Shape. And it says, it says instead of transforming to a beast, uh, a starry form. And I can imagine this even as like a tattoo or something on your body, it could be, um, appears and it becomes luminous, uh, produces bright light for 10 feet and dim light for another 10. So you kind of glow a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for like 10 minutes, unless you dismiss it. Um, and then you get to choose from archer, chalice or dragon, which sort of glowy tattoo thing you want. Uh, the archer, uh, gives you a free bonus actions on all of your turns where you can make a ranged spell attack and like fire an arrow. So it gives you some like action moonbeam bonus action. Pew, 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 yeah. Fire the arrow. Uh, which is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. Um, or even if you're not multi-classing that alone for a druid is kind of, kind of awesome. Uh, 60 foot, is kind of a short-ish attack range. Um, yeah. On a lot of tabletops, that'll be fine. Mm. Virtual tabletops, maybe less so. Maps get a bit bigger. Uh, theater of the Mind, you might be outside of that space And the attack deals but... 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier, so not too bad. Worth investing in wisdom. Well, you typically would as a druid, since it's your spell cast. It's true, very true. Chalice, <laughs> uh, a constellation of life-giving gob- of a life-giving goblet, sorry, appears on you. Whenever you cast a spell that, uh, using a spell slot that restores hit points to a creature, you or another creature within 30 feet of you, so could it be the same one that you cast the spell on, potentially, regains hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. So this really jacks up the healing potential. Yeah. So the archer basically allows you to shoot things and do 1d8 damage. The chalice allows you to restore 1d8 uh, hit points. Hmm. Yeah. Not bad, but you do have to be expending spell slots to use that. And finally, the dragon. Well, yeah, but if you're if you're saying throwing healing word, sure, it's yeah. like it's almost this is like that boom. Your healing word's a whole lot more potent. Yeah, you or it's it almost like twins it in a way. Like you're like or bang you can, bang, I yeah, get two boom. guys with this in one go. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I mean that's huge support um, for your team uh, or real crunch situations if two players have gone down. Mm. Um, and off the question of like, who do I save first? Who's, who do I think is going to make or fail their death save this time? You don't have to choose. It's like, you're both back up away we go. Or if you want to be super wise, uh, you can choose the dragon, uh, where it bumps up your skills stuff, where whenever you make an intelligence or wisdom check or a con save to main concentration, you can treat a roll of nine or lower as a 10 on a D 20, which for, for, that's like a reliable talent second level. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But for maintaining concentration, Unless you're mm. taking a lot of damage, it's a pretty much it's an auto, auto success. success. Yeah, because yeah. ten is the success unless yeah. you take a and whole buttload of damage. And then you throw your saving damage. throw, but you put your saving throw bonus mm. on it, and you're 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 over it. Pair this up with an inquisitive rogue. Also, your insight check is an automatic ten at second level. You know, just yeah. nice. Or any other thing if you want to be good at skills, a bit of a fun skill monkey, perhaps yeah. if you invest in some other classes. Isn't, that, or, isn't this so interesting? Like this to me is so unlike 
you know, any of the other Druid stuff that we've been talking about. All the other Druid stuff really had a, okay, I need to understand all my beasts. I need to know what CRs they are and which ones I can transform at which levels. I need to have all that figured out. Um, these this ones is, is like much more focused. mechanical. Yeah, this I love is it. much more like, how do I combine this with other abilities or things I have? How do I, how am I going to stack this with my spells? How am I going to make this into, you know, am I a range attack sort of guy? How am I going to, you know, sort mm-hmm. that out? What am I going to, you know, I, can I use this archer thing a lot in battle? I get, I get two uses of it per short rest. So, Hey, That's pretty cool. and it lasts for 10 and minutes. It gets better. So it lasts for 10 minutes. So I can keep shooting for 10 minutes with this, right? Yeah. Does it last? Yeah, theoretically, if battle it, it somehow says, the lasts, the form lasts 10 for minutes. ten minutes. A constellation of an archer appears on me when you activate this form as a bonus action on your subsequent turns while it lasts. You mm-hmm. can make range. So basically, for ten minutes, I've got a longbow, sort of a, a longbow with a range of just sixty feet. Although but, you do become a little bit of a target because you are glowing, but um, yeah, also but, good, oh, nice. But that's actually the environment. in in a dark place, and you've got a bunch of your people in your party who can't see. They can, they now yeah. can see. So well, not very far, but yeah. Well, around you they can. It's true. And if they're standing next to you to tank for you, that's great. Exactly. Uh, it does get better at higher levels, where the D8 of the archer becomes a, uh, and the chalice becomes two D8. So that healing word is now bumped up to a D4 plus two D8 plus your spellcasting modifier, which is great for a first level spell slot. Yeah. Uh, and while the dragon is active, if you choose the dragon, you have a flying speed of twenty feet and can hover. So now you're really up in the air, soaring around. And my favorite part of this part of the feature is at the start of each of your turns, you can change the constellation, your body. So, you know, really need to switch into healing mode. Boom. Start of your turn, you change, and now that drop that powerful, potent healing word. Or you need to fly out of combat, or your concentration's up and you really want to keep it, and you've been hurling arrows, and now you want to really yes, focus that, on that, that spell. That comes in at 10th Boom, level. switch it. It is true, 10th level. But, um, which is, but still... For, as a 10th level cool. character, that gives you That's a lot of diversity on over the speed. All those. That's like being able to change um, your beast form in like, yeah. mid-wild shape. And, crazy. And, it, and allows you to fly, come on, and hover. So, you know, so cool. you're never falling anywhere ever again. That's great. Um, and then at 14th level, the final one, while in the wild shape active starry form, uh, you become partially incorporeal, giving you resistance to bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage. Which makes you like a barbarian. It does. Very cool. Uh, circle of land doesn't get anything Which again goes back to my my thinking like you know if you play your druids well mm. they are as tanky as your barbarian every yeah. bit so um absolutely you there's there's no reason that you can't play a tanky druid this um, one's more focused on range spell casting type stuff i wouldn't get in the fray with this one per se but sorry which one the circle of stars yeah it's but, it's not really designed hey, but, to tank but, the same but, way the other ones are. Well, the thing is, you can still use your wild form to turn Regularly. into, into right. uh, an animal. Could you be in starry form and as a beast? Uh, I'd say no. Why not? Expend well, because you can't, you can't, well, well, yeah, yeah. I'm in starry form and in a beast form. Hmm. Does it last until you use it again? Because then I would say, no, yeah. you can't do that. Uh, it ends if you dismiss it. Or you use this feature again. Does yep. it say you use starry form feature again or I the think wild, wild shape, shape feature? Wild shape. I don't know. It's it this says, feature. When at the top it says uh, you expend a use of your wild shape feature. But the feature itself is called starry form. <sighs> so it's the starry form no, feature which expends the wild shape feature. Because no. it specifically specifies wild shape, not I'm this I'm pretty feature. sure the, the intent here is... Is to prevent you from 
from becoming being a, a, a weasel, a star a, weasel. A grizzly bear that shoots magical arrows out of its mouth. Okay, fair enough. Or with the bow in its hands. Stands up. I'm a big bear with, an, uh, with a bow and arrow. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, I, now that I've seen that my image in my head, I, I want to be a bear with a, bow, <laughs> a magical bow and arrow. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, that's awesome. All right. That's Finally. terrifying, actually. That's just like... Oh, oh my god it's a grizzly bear oh my god that grizzly bear's got a magical bow and arrow it's glowing <laughs> run away mm. then Ugh. the circle of wildfire yeah this one is always kind of catches me off guard it's it's such i guess i mean anybody who's ever seen the effects of wildfire uh, and have been, have been educated about it recognize that while at the same time that you see the tremendous damage uh heartbreaking damage that also many of the trees are designed to reproduce only because of the fire mm. that there's a lot of things that happen in terms of renewal very naturally because of of forest fires um and that they really are part of the circle of life uh but that said given how much we've sort of looked at druids as being these these life-giving you know, life-preserving sort of things with the spore one being a little bit also weird in its decomposition, necrotic fungus sort of end of the spectrum. The wildfire one and its whole burning down the house is just... It to just, let it regrow later. Yeah, It gets me though a little bit. It's like... He's Drew's bond pyro. the primal spirit that harbors both destructive and creative powers, allowing the druid to create controlled flames that burn away one thing but give life to another. And it's really reflected in the spells it gets too. It gets cure wounds... Burning hands for free, revivify, fire shield, and flame strike as well. But it really tries to balance that growth and destruction. And yeah, it takes the um, and it takes the summon element or summon find familiar thing a little bit further with mm -hmm. a summon wildfire spirit, which so is instead of your classic turning to a beast or summoning a, a familiar friend, you make a very special elemental called the wildfire spirit, right. which has its own stat block. Which also kind of makes sense, given that many like the like the circle of moon. Uh, druids get to reach elemental form that you're pulling on a little elemental so there's like a, a connection to some of the primordial planes which i i guess have got sort of a nature vibe to them anyways sure. right uh when it appears it appears uh in a space of your choice within 30 feet it's an action to activate uh and each creature within 10 feet of the spirit when it's summoned must make a deck save or it's other than you so if you summon it close you don't have to make that save uh against your spell save dc if they fail they take 2d6 fire damage uh, the spirit is friendly to you and your companions and obeys your commands. Uh, it has its own little stat block, which we can go through quickly. Uh, you determine its appearance. I had, like, we have a hobgoblin who's like a chef, like, who who's like a fire spirit is a grill yeah. that he uses to, like, cook things. It's flame to just, like, shooting, like, shrimp on the barbie or whatever. Not, yeah, yeah. Not that, that, uh, you, that you, idea. He uses the fire spirit to cook dinner. Uh, mm -hmm. It's... He's a funny character, that one. It could take the form of a humanoid figure made of gnarled branches covered in flame or like a beast wreathed in fire, like a little fire fox. Um, and then all the Chrome users get upset. <laughs> Although I would. I am a Chrome user through and through. Are you a Chrome user? It, I didn't know there was any other browsers anymore. <laughs> uh, the Wildfire Spirit is a small elemental with AC 13. Hit points equal to five uh, or plus five times your Druid level. So minimum... Uh, minimum what 15 when you first pick it up and at higher levels it'll be 
105. So it gets a little That's tanky a lot. at high levels. Five times your druid level is a lot At will, yeah. um, which is fun as well. It has a flying speed of 30 feet, so it could be like a little eagle, fire eagle looking thing. Smokey the bear. That's just a couple ideas. Uh, it's got fairly balanced stats. Everything's pretty high. Uh, the lowest is its strength at 10. It has, it's immune to fire, of course, immune to being charmed, frightened, grappled, prone, and restrained, has dark vision, uh, understands the languages you speak, doesn't speak itself, uh, and it has two things it can do. Uh, for, but of course, besides every other action like dash, disengage, dodge, classics, uh, it has a flame seed action, a ranged weapon attack, where uh, your spell attack modifier to hit, range 60 feet, uh, towards one target, and it deals 1d6 plus your proficiency bonus. Right. Um, or the fire teleportation, where the spirit and each willing creature of its choice within five feet teleport up to 15 feet uh, to a new space, you can see. But the way the way these work... Uh, so it's a good and, rescue thing as well. Sure. And the way these work, um, and the, sort of what's becoming sort of the new standard in, in D&D right now, is the... It, it can't do any of these things on its own. On its own, it can only take the dodge action. But if you use your bonus action, you can get it to do any of these actions. Mm. So it basically gives your character a bonus lot of bonus actions from a separate source from you that's somewhere else uh, on the map, particularly if you're in combat or things like that. Um where the action bonus action economies is being much more carefully guarded. So you're, so yeah, so you can have this thing fiery teleport. You can move over someplace as a bonus action, bamf somebody out of danger, mm. or you can have it as just a bonus action that gets to, to deliver an extra one D six plus two, three sort of damage. Yeah. I, I like the, the rescue people one move people around willing creature teleporting type stuff because it could fly in teleport itself back out uh, or you with it and still do that same 1d6 plus pb except now it's a, a deck save instead of a, an attack roll i think that's more fun being able to teleport friends out of danger because you don't see a it, lot of teleporting other creatures no and, it's, and this it's, is every turn it's you could hard be doing often that. like you know things like that thunderstep. This is like a, a, a mini thunderstep. There's not thunder a lot of, of like, like a misty turn. step. You can't take people with you. Just you know what I mean. Like it's it's kind of hard mm. to, at at a, you know a low level to find something. This is second level um, that you have an ability to to fly over to somebody, friends. grab somebody, and get them out. Could be you as well, if you're or yourself a even too close. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, that yeah. that in itself is a super cool feature. A fun um, thing though, I think this one may be interpreted differently from the circle of stars as it's manifested for one hour until it reduces to zero hit points until you use this feature to summon the spirit again or until you die it doesn't say until you use this feature again until you use the feature to summon the spirit again so i think you could be a bear with a fire bear next to you as well okay Fair i think enough. it's very possible i think the way that's written might be a little bit different allow you to be an eagle and also have a fire eagle next to you which could be, you know, a fun way to burn both your wild shapes very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It, keep in mind, druids aren't just about these two wild shape feature slots that they've got. These wild mm. shape slots are, I mean, they're a big part of, of your go-to toolbox. Um, and there's such a ver diverse range of things you can do with them. If you think of like the rogue's toolbox is what? Like sneak attack. 
Mm. Um, you know, a cunning action, right? The ability to, to bonus action, hide and dash and uh, disengage. You know, there's there's not a ton of like playing a rogue is there's a real there's a real formula to to doing that where there's a lot of creativity with your druids. Lots and lots of different things with these new options, with these new circles that you can, you know, just between yeah. those two. And well, there's more not... to the circle of wildfire that we haven't even touched well, on. Well, I'm just going to say, like, even if with you have, wild shape. even if you've burnt out the wild shape, you still have spell slots. Mm-hmm. You can still cast a wide variety of spells. And that runs out, go back to Shillelagh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Your scimitar and shield. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's... You know, druids really are, uh, you know, every party. Every party should be happy to have a druid join them. At higher levels, as wildfire, you can start casting spells from your wildfires, like point of view. Uh, you can add d8s to damage rolls and healing rolls. Um, you can, like, when creature dies within you, like close to you, the spirit, you can like turn them into like glowing embers, which can heal or damage people. Um, and at high, the highest level, Bla- Blazing Revival, 14th level, uh, it can save you from death if it's within, if the spirit is your within well, yeah, 120 feet of you. Yeah, your spirit, yeah. And you are reduced to zero hit points, you can tra- cause it, the spirit to instead drop to zero hit points and you regain half and goes, your hit points. No, take me instead! Yeah, and you can rise to your feet so you don't need to spend half your movement standing up. It just, it boom, just, you regain half it just, your hit points and rise to your feet. It just, the fire hits you and your character's like bolts upright. <sighs> um... But once and, you use it, you can't do it again until you finish a long rest. Yeah, so you can't, you can't then. But still, I mean, you can still at that point if you out. have a, you know, another. Is it bonus? Is it bonus action to pull the spirit in? Or I think it's I an action. This one is still an action. Yeah, as an action, you expend. So that's fine. Next turn, you could bring. But then the, you can you really can, use your bonus action to fire, you teleport yourself into the battle, out of the battle, or you're saying if you're, if you're or whatever. Wild you know? spirits just committed, you know, an act of sacrifice to bring you back. You can then actually, on your next yeah. turn, Action, bring, bring your wildfire spirit but it back. But it can't save you again, is the no. whole thing. But still. But hopefully you don't need saving I love the again. one, this one builds the whole thing around the the wildfire spirit. Like, all the features. Yeah, not, every, not every level up. On them, but is, all, like, work well with them. You and your little fiery companion mm. um, burning down the house. Yeah. So, that, I don't know, that's, to me, is the future of... of Druids. druid circles they new wild shape stuff yeah the they aren't because i think i mean i think they've take took the wild shape thing kind of as far as they could mm. um and circle of land circle of moon pretty much cover the basic sort of okay you know where where it's going to turn to creatures and do stuff circle of spores i think lovely sort of change on that circle of stars uh, you could go completely different. And then this way, the Circle of Wildfire, which is really almost like a companion build. Uh, everybody gets uh, the ability to find familiar now, so you can do that. And actually, of the new spells, everybody also has summon, at a fairly low level, the summon uh, beasts now as well, which is, uh, I know, just a spell, but something else to, to think about doing um, mm-hmm. if you want to stay inside that uh, sort of beasty thing instead of turning yourself into it you can summon a couple of extra beasts on the table which trust me that's a lot of tanking action as mm-hmm. well those creatures um can yeah soak a ton of hits if i were to rework some of the current druid subclasses like circle of dreams i would turn wild shape into something that could benefit that subclass a little bit more yeah 
you know i could like for circle doesn't really have i could much. see burning a wild shape to regain a powerful spell slot or to empower magic in some way you know because they're all about their spell casting as it attunes with the land or whatever right so make it so that by burning wild shapes you can make your like have metamagic type effects or yeah really or boost spell even damage arcane or, recovery of some sort well they have that already it's called natural recovery that's what circle of land has already but which does that require burning a wild shape no it's just free. an extra feature just what they get for free but I, I still think that they could somehow tie the wild shape into making their spells more potent rather than you know kind of putting them like down a weird awkward angle where they have their you know not awkward per se maybe it's just a thing where you go through your average wild shape and then not only on that like yeah on top of that you have a bunch of fun spells i like the the way they try to do it is that there's spells that could be active while your wild shape's active as well like haste could be active while you're you know especially higher level i think they try and do a good like job of not making them instant spells per se that you need to be in in human form for but also ones that you could be in like animal shape so it's not the worst yeah. but for things like circle of dreams like i don't know that one's always kind of irked me is like a little bit off like not quite there and circle yeah, of shepherds like instead of you like make it so wild shape i can literally summon beasts because it's all about summoning stuff right you know why not just rely on those spells to summon stuff and now be able to literally summon stuff with my wild shape you know i, I agree i think there is I, besides I think, just a, a i think familiar. there are some subclasses inside druid that the druid class that are that are quite weak uh in their design that Mm. you know not to say that you shouldn't play them i think that sometimes like the coolest builds are are done with the really some more of the off uh off the beaten track sort of ways it, it always comes down to having a really fun and interesting sort of concept or sometimes multi-classing them together with something else uh that that creates some sort of harmony um but i guess uh, yeah the, the bottom line of this episode really comes back to the you know how can we think of ways to use the the wild form the wild shape feature as a uh you know as more than just its transformation into an animal mm. yeah well folks we've blown over the hour mark once again talking about our favorite class in the world <laughs> yeah just every joking. time we do a class like breakdown you gotta thing, go in depth I know, no. but we always say we're not going to go all the way like into it, and it it goes on and on. Like there's well, there's just so much to talk about. That's right. It's like D and D keeps producing more content. It it might just be the world's greatest role playing game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, until next week, I'm Jay Oatway, and I have been Jack Oatway, and we're now going to transform into monkeys and go and uh, climb some trees. <laughs> All right, bye, folks. Good. <laughs>